Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in to the Redheaded Preacher Podcast. My name is Richard Lanford. I am the Redheaded Preacher of St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, Illinois. This podcast is from May 1st, 2022, the Sunday that is close to St. Peter's 155th anniversary, founded May 5th. 1867, and we're celebrating it the prior Sunday. And the scriptures are from Joshua 24 and John chapter 21. John chapter 21 being the uh, lectionary uh, gospel. Decided to stick with that. The title is, as you know from reading whatever link you have, of Joshua, Jesus, and turning 155. That's not I-55, but 155. And before uh, turning it over to our lector, Beth Sturba, please join me in the spirit of prayer. Eternal and loving God, we ask your blessing on this listening so that the words we hear might speak to us in our situations and that the words of the sermon might also lift us up or challenge us, whatever you might need for us to hear. May we be blessed to find something to nourish our souls and strengthen our faith. In the name of Christ, the head of the church, we pray. Amen. And here's Beth Sturba with Joshua and John. The first reading is Joshua chapter 24, verses 1 through the first half of verse 3, then 13 through 15. This tells a small part of the story of the making of the covenant between God and the Israelites at the start of their freedom in the promised land. Shortly after this, the tribes of Israel now having promised to keep God's commandments like Joshua has, and have taken much of the land, will go off to their specific regions to live. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, and the officers of Israel. And they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago, your ancestors, Terah, and his sons Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond Euphrates and served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led through all the land of Canaan and made his offspring many. After going over their history with God, which has brought them to this moment, about to go to their new tribal lands in Canaan, Joshua said, Now therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Now if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served in the region beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household... We will serve the Lord. This ends the reading from Joshua. Our second reading is our final one and the gospel passage for today. 
It is the Eastertide Gospel for this Sunday, and it is John 21, verses 1 through 19. The risen Jesus has already appeared to the disciples at least twice already when this passage begins. After these things, Jesus, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you used to fasten your own belt and to go wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will fasten a belt around you and take you where you do not wish to go. He said this to indicate the kind of death by which he would glorify God. After this, he said to him, follow me. Here ends the reading from the Gospel and the scriptures for this morning's anniversary service. Happy birthday, Church. St. Peter's was established 155 years ago this week. Birthdays are times for celebrating and giving thanks. Depending on the person or the group and the significance of the date, they are also ripe opportunities for contemplation. 
When I turned 50, I was on the Chicago Metropolitan Association's Church and Ministry Committee. I shared the news, and during a break, Bill Wardenero, one of my colleagues, came over to me. He said, when I turned 50, I used that as a time to really reflect on my life, what I was doing with it, and so on. I replied that I hoped to do the same thing. Birthdays can be a time of meaningful looking back, taking inventory, and looking ahead, again with celebration for all that's been given and achieved and overcome, and thanksgiving for all the blessings which helped us get there. And scripture often is a big help in doing each of these, looking back with gratitude, seriously looking at who and where we are, and then looking ahead. I believe St. Peter's will do well to engage in these, befitting our anniversary and our life together today. Now, some of you who are newer to St. Peter's may not know our, the basics of our origin story. St. Peter's is the first congregation organized and established in what was then called Niles Center. German immigrant farmers and merchants, including Skokie pioneers like George Clem, Henry Harms, and Joachim Riesch, they were ready, after several years of gathering intermittently for worship with traveling preachers, to start a new church. They were German Lutherans whose mother church invoked in the call to worship was the German state Lutheran church back in Europe. A Roman Catholic leader in the community, Peter Blaumeiser, who's there, the archdiocese wasn't ready to start a church here yet. Knowing this, he approached them and said, I'll sell you this land for $50, provided you name the church after my patron saint, St. Peter. Done. We have never relocated or closed. We did have rough patches early. A controversial first pastor, Reverend Werner, and in 1880, a church split, with some members leaving to help form St. Paul's Lutheran, a church of the Missouri Synod. Along with the country and even the world, St. Peter's has undergone two world wars, the Great Depression, the Great Recession, cultural upheavals, increased modernization and mobilization of society, and much more. Unless I have my number wrong, four pastors died while serving St. Peter's, women gained independent membership in 1930, and some have been church presidents. So many persons have sacrificed working for hours here after finishing their day job or on weekends, especially with the, after the day job on weekdays, in the construction of the buildings, and in then, since then in volunteer work, volunteer church positions ever since. So many gave sacrificially, served the community and the wider church, sang, taught, prayed, participated in dinner theaters, led youth fellowships, did the books, worked on mission projects, and cooked for community kitchen of a just harvest, 
fixed computer and internet issues, listened faithfully, attended regularly, shared their various talents, and supported each other through sorrows and celebrations, kept our building going well. We are the heirs of their labors of love for over 150 plus years. As I've said before, we stand on their shoulders, and those it is now our shoulders on which those coming after us shall stand. Thanks be to God for all of them and all of you who have gotten us this far in service to Jesus Christ. We are again entering a new world post-COVID surges, we hope. The church is part of that new world, and we try to minister to it and within it. What this will look like and be like in some areas remains to be seen. Some are already pretty established, (coughs) such as having the YouTube uh, channel and live streaming our service on it, and the podcast for another example, which actually preceded COVID by some years. So it occurred to me that in both Joshua 24 and John 21, Israel and the disciples are in times of uncertainty and transition also. Israel was about to depart from this national gathering at Shechem where they made a promise to God and shift into living in a new and fought-for tribal provinces. Now, the 11 disciples, led by Simon Peter, also did not know exactly what life held for them as Jesus was soon to ascend. They'd face an unknown future. So both Joshua and Jesus spoke to their people in uncertainty and transition. They spoke to them with full mutual awareness of the past and mighty works of God. We presume Israel and the disciples reflected on these events and who they now were. Joshua and Jesus also spoke to them of facing forward. So to St. Peter's, as we turn 155 and face our own significant challenges, our strategic um, planning initiatives reveal that. You may have heard that in confirmation classes, I tell the students that of the Ten Commandments, the one broken most often is the first one. After acknowledging in the preamble that the Lord our God has brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, that's grace, God doing that. We are told to have no other gods beside the Lord. Yet how often do you and I and God's people forget God's grace in the rush and tumble and pressures of life and find ourselves giving someone or some things else a higher authority or priority. We place our security in someone or something other than Christ Jesus almost always without realizing it. And for some, the church itself becomes an idol. We break the first commandment, and it is just this which Joshua instructs the faithful to make sure not to do. You know that at this covenant assembly at Shechem, Joshua challenged the people to, quote, serve the Lord in sincerity and faithfulness. Choose this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, he said, we will serve the Lord. And that is the main point from Joshua today. 
serve God. The God who liberated us, as one catechism puts it, from Satan, sin, and death. Serve the God who sent Jesus to bring forgiveness of sins, to teach the way of advocating for the least of these. Send him to be for us the way, the truth, and the life, and die and rise again for us. This is the one we are to serve as Jesus served us. This must guide our upcoming St. Peter's strategic planning initiatives and other directions. But, verses 2 and 3 are easily forgotten. Beth read, And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Long ago your ancestors lived beyond the Euphrates. Then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river. God took Abraham as their ancestor. As we tell it from Genesis, God called Abram along with Sarah. The Lord took them, chose them, called them. This is not a haphazard relationship. It is a sacred one God wanted to enter into. We pledge to serve the one who first chose our ancestor in faith and ultimately through Jesus, you and me and this church. Joshua's words to those faithful in transition, facing an uncertain way forward, are to be steady in serving the God of grace and freedom. For the Lord chose your forebears, and therefore you, wanting you. Serve the Lord, he said, the Lord of love and wisdom, the Lord of might and self-giving of death and resurrection, for the Lord seeks you for himself out of love. He loved us first, served us first, saved us, and now it is upon us in St. Peter's turning 155 to renew our covenant to serve the servant of love. It's not like we are starting from scratch and doing that, but we do face daunting difficulties in revenue, in costly building needs, some stretched lay leaders, and even in recruiting enough Sunday school teachers. Jesus also had some things to say and ask to our church's namesake, Simon Peter. He forgives Peter his denial of knowing him from Monday, Thursday night, but there is still an amend Peter needs to make. Three times, once for each denial, Jesus asks Peter if he loves him. And Peter three times says, yes, albeit with some painful winces. After each of these exchanges, Peter, Jesus tells Peter how to prove that love to him. Feed my lambs. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. In generic terms or general terms, take care of my people. Take care of your people. Take care of one another. Remember, too, that Jesus at one point in John said, I have other sheep that do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. This is an inclusive barrier-busting Jesus with an inclusive ethnic barrier-busting pro-including-the-Gentiles church and the directive to the church 
to care for them. Well, this is one way that you and I serve the Lord. We respond to God's love by welcoming others to the fold to serve and take care of them, as Jesus told Peter to. This is something our church is familiar with. Jesus knew the disciples were entering a season without the risen Christ visible in their midst. So he gives them this posture with which to face the future. Take care of the flock, the flock of many colors, many languages, many races, many nationalities, many histories, orientations, gender identities, many ages and different abilities and disabilities. And our June 4th Outreach Open House is one of our gifts to aid in networking such various caretaking groups, including St. Peter's. And our Open and Affirming Covenant is another. We do this by the grace of God and the beautiful, devoted power of this congregation. I've said before that a former attendee upon departing said this is the hardest working church he's ever known. Sometimes, as an old hymn says, new occasions teach new duties. Time makes ancient good uncouth. Well, we just heard the direct calls to serve the Lord and take care of God's people, and you know that's not new to us. But are there more and different ways of doing this, suiting our current challenges and settings? It's a question. It's a good question. One to ask as we look into the future, as we transition. In the book, The Third Reconstruction, Bishop William Barber II reminds us that there are many ways to take care of each other, including helping the poor, the vulnerable, and left behind to have a voice in ways that will be heard. There's a focus on healing justice for the least of these. Not for them, but also with them. Lastly, Jesus finished the direction to Peter by saying simply, follow me. That is a sermon in itself. In fact, it's a series of sermons. It fits nicely with Joshua exhorting us to revere the Lord and serve God with sincerity and faithfulness. It fits with, tend my sheep. If we truly follow Jesus, we use our gifts to tend the broadly welcomed, but sometimes locally small, flock. We tend them in a variety of ways. We serve the Lord in a variety of ways because we have a variety of gifts and abilities. So when St. Peter's has decisions to make facing the months and years before us, let us remember what Joshua and Jesus said to their people in intimidating times. Serve the Lord. Tend the sheep. Follow Jesus Christ. In doing so, there are no guarantees other than heaven, the everlasting presence of God, a satisfied mind, and the fulfillment of why we are here, for Christ and his flock. Amen. Tend the sheep, serve the Lord, follow Christ. 
good words for our future directions, even though we don't know exactly where they lead us. And uh, let me share with you a, a prayer that was shared with me in an email that goes along with this. It was not in the sermon. Eternal God, you call us to ventures of which we cannot see the ending by paths as yet untrodden through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with courage not knowing where we go, but only that your hand is leading us and your love supporting us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. I hope you'll tune in next week. Mother's Day. Bless your, may the Lord bless your week. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.